a lot of just working my way up and uh you know doing auditions and pitching things I, I got sort of in with comedy central about maybe a year year and a half in mm -hmm. uh where i would pitch them like uh web series and and they would always i would pitch them like 20 and they'd be like no and I'd be like, ah, and I'd pitch them. And they'd always pick the dumbest one. Like, yeah, I would have this something super clever. And then the first one they bought was, uh, it was just the concept was stupid chef. And I was like, what if I was a stupid chef? And they're like, hell yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I worked so hard on these other sketches. Welcome to the Underground Comedy Podcast with Sean Joyce. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com. Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking us out. We got some more big changes coming. Starting this week, DC's Best Showcase will replace our free late night shows at Big Hunt. So the 1130 shows will now cost $10 and will feature slightly longer sets and more curated lineups. And if you love free things, we're also adding a new free show at Big Hunt on Mondays at 8 o'clock, which means we now have shows every night. So if you're a comedy fan, it's pretty good news. We're excited about it. If you're in the DC area this week, we've got special events Thursday at Big Hunt. And then DC's Best Showcase at Big Hunt featuring Madi Litwack on Valentine's Day and Nimesh Patel on Saturday. Also this weekend, Adam Caden Holland from True TV will be headlining DC Draft House. You can get tickets and info on the website. Our guest today is Caleb Sinan. Caleb has appeared on Conan and Comedy Central, most recently on The Ringers with Bill Burr. In this episode, he talks about starting out in Georgia before moving to Los Angeles to try to start climbing the ladder there, as well as his positive outlook on comedy and life. How long have you been doing stand-up? Nine years. Okay. Pretty so long. I, I have just had an argument in L.A. with some other comics where they're like, you can't count when you were in college. And I'm like, what? What difference does it make? Right. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I dropped out pretty quick. You dropped out of college? Yeah, yeah. What were you studying? Uh, <laughs> I was a film major. Film? Okay. So That uh, seems like a good thing to drop out of. Yeah. Turns out you can still fail. I thought, there's no way I'll fail those classes. Yeah. But uh, you can fail. I failed a lot of my easiest classes. Yeah. I It was like, uh, yeah, kind of psychologically fucked me up how ba how simple the idea of the class was. And, mm -hmm. and then I didn't try it all and didn't go to it. And next thing you know. Yeah, I can fail easy ones, hard ones. Uh, it's I can bomb in front of a good crowd and a bad crowd. So when you dropped out, were you, did you drop out because you were having trouble in school? Or were you like, I don't, I, I don't think I want to go to school? Well, I think I guess it was uh, all of it. It was like uh, it wasn't going great, mm -hmm. and then stand up made it because I wanted to do that every night. Yeah. Uh, so that made it harder to study, which I wasn't doing before. But uh, then it was impossible. Uh, so and then I was like, well, stand up is at least going better than school, so I guess I'll pick that. Okay. Uh, which statistically is a horrible. Like the odds of dropping out and doing stand up and that being a good idea are, are pretty low. But kind of worked out. So what, uh, what kind of jobs did you do? Uh, I was a dishwasher at nice. the, the Georgia Center Conference and Hotel. Oh, I think that was the name. It was one of those long names. <laughs> There's a lot of dishes come out of those places. A lot of dishes, yeah. A lot of weddings and uh, quinceañeras and whatever else. Just uh, and I was washing dishes, and it was crazy. I, th there was no end time. It was like you wash till they're gone. Yeah, so you sometimes I get off work at two a.m. and so uh, it was pretty wild. Yeah, I, I was uh, a waiter for uh in a big like resort and uh i did some of those like huge conference room things with like hundreds of people 
and it's incredible the amount amount of food and and plates yeah and uh napkins and fucking tablecloths that come out of that shit oh insane people are filthy uh but yeah it was uh that was a that was a fun job in college and then i was a jimmy john's delivery boy nice when i moved to atlanta and uh yeah so i mean the greatest thing ever in life is not having a job so uh what part of uh georgia are you from originally royston it's like uh northeast part and is that rural where you were very rural yeah and your parent your dad is a minister mm-hmm. and is that what messed you up do you think <laughs> i don't not really uh no no i mean uh i feel like i'm pretty normal for a comedian i'm not like sad and stuff you are um, not sad you're no, noticeably no. bubbly even yeah i'm having a good time uh i mean people oh my parent like yeah your parents a lot of parents are horrible but uh my parents tried their best yeah uh the, and i think they they got enough of the most important stuff right yeah you know? like uh, they taught me where to go to the bathroom and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know uh where one to of your eat. favorite topics yeah and uh i think they did pretty good they taught me to work hard and stuff and okay uh, they discouraged me from doing stand-up that's a good which parents, they should yeah, have yeah that's and then proper. once it started to go well they were like okay well we had to say that as your parents that's yeah that's uh, good that's all good yeah and so now that's going good they're they're super on board but no parent should be like, yes, yeah, stand up sounds stable oh, yeah, and good. No kidding. Uh, so Unless yeah, you're rich, super rich, and then you can just pay <laughs> right, for, right. for everything. So uh, I think they did good. I'm. Uh, what about the now? You're also homeschooled. A little bit. Just you a talk years. about on stage a little yeah. bit. Do you think that impacted you, or you think that was not too big of a deal? A little bit, but I mean, I still got uh, the public school experience too, so yeah. I think it all worked out. Okay. Um, and uh, I think it gave me a cool perspective and. Uh, you yeah, know, being raised the way I was. Uh, I mean, I'm mostly fine with it. The only thing, uh, I mean, like some people are like, my parents are so like, they didn't let me watch The Simpsons. I'm like, life's harder than not watching yeah, The Simpsons. Yeah. You know? So like, just chill out. It's They they were trying to do what was what the hardest was part right. for you? Um, I don't really know if it was that hard. I mean, it was they were very strict evangelical Christian, uh-huh. uh, but that's not that bad. It's not like they tied my hands up so i wouldn't masturbate mm-hmm. or uh you know they're, they would have been weird yeah uh, you hear about i think i had a great um i don't th- see much wrong with uh the way they did it other than when i got to college and got a laptop i was like well now i'm watching every single thing they said i couldn't watch um but maybe i don't know i guess it maybe kept me this stupid little innocent brain i got yeah maybe i don't know so you're in kind of a rural place and then you moved to atlanta how old were you when you moved to atlanta um Oh, boy, that was 2012, so I was uh, probably 21 when I moved to Atlanta. Okay, and then you had, you had already started stand-up at that point? Uh, yeah, I started stand-up when I was 19 and then uh, moved to Atlanta. And then you got into that scene? Yeah, yeah, I started... Uh, well, Athens and Atlanta are pretty close. Okay. Um, so my first time was in Atlanta. I drove to Atlanta to do it, and then I was doing it in Athens, and I did that like a year and a half, and then I was like, man, Atlanta's like... They got all those clubs and 30 open mics. And right. I was just like, that's, I need to be, I mean, it's so easy. I was like, I'll just drive there and live there. And how long did you do that? I was there till 2015. And then you moved to LA? Yeah, yeah. And what made you choose Los Angeles over New York? Um, I mean, it was pretty stupid. It was, uh, you think I'd it was a visited bad choice? LA, I'd visited New York. I liked them both a lot. Um, and I, like I think I just liked visiting LA more. Um, yeah, no shit. <laughs> 
I was just like, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I still still like it. It's uh, I like the beach. I like the weather. I like the there's always the more stage time in New York. Sure. Deal, but, uh, you know, what you, are you what are you going to do? <laughs> you if you had to do it over again, would you choose L.A. again? Do you think? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I mean, if I could do things over again, I'd be rich and have a house in both. Uh, but I still wish I could spend more time in New York. I really like it a lot. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I really, the friends I had, most of the friends I had made uh, living in Atlanta mm-hmm. had uh, like connections. Most of the Atlanta comics moved to New York. Yeah. I guess it's closer or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. know why. But then most it's of them It's closer. Do. That's why. <laughs> and also, the, it, it is an easier place to move. Yeah. It's an, it's an easier place to move as far as stand-up goes. It, like there's a more of a structure that you can fit into more yeah. quickly there. Yeah. And, uh, moving to LA is, that's another thing that's probably a bad idea. Yeah. Um, but I got pretty lucky. <laughs> I moved there and I got on Conan like the next month. So I was yeah. like, Hey, did you have, were you already talking to them? No. <laughs> and how did they find you? Um, they found when I did Montreal. Okay. Uh, and, uh, so things started going pretty well. Like, and, um, you know, all the agents and managers I had, they, they were in LA. Did JP um, see you? Yeah, he saw me in Montreal. Okay. Um, but yeah, it just really seemed like a, a good fit uh, at the time. And uh, I still like it now. But uh, I mean, if 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 anything happened, like if there was somebody who was like, hey, you got a writing job, it's in New York, I'd move in. A right, right. I, I mean, it's fine. That <laughs> and might happen. If, and then if I got fired and got a writing job, I'd move right back. Right. Uh, Which that stuff does happen yeah. to people all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't have any... Um, or if they were like, hey, you're hosting a talk show in Chicago, I'd be like, I live in Chicago. I don't yeah, care. I right. mean, I'll live anywhere. Um, it's all. But I, it, it, the beach is fun. Like one of my right. favorite things is to go to Manhattan Beach, do uh, the ponchos, one of my favorite shows. And then we do karaoke. We look at my one of my friends has a beach house. And it's just like it's amazing. I, I really like it a lot. So you, you got JFL when you were still like right at the end of when you were in Atlanta. Um, I got the call the month before I moved to LA. Right, so and they like, were like you're 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 doing it. So you, but you auditioned in Atlanta. Uh, I auditioned in New York and. Atlanta. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, and then after you got Conan, and you were back in LA, were you able to get into that scene because of the TV credit? Did the TV credit help um, you get on shows? That helps to some degree, but uh, I mean, it's also like, you know, there's probably six comics that have done Conan right. this year, and it's like I don't know who they are. Um, oh yeah that's you know what i mean like well there's yeah there's that part there's also there's like 60 comics who've done conan mm-hmm. that live in la right so it's like it's not it doesn't just it only separates you and so people much still gotta like you you know people still it's still got that high school thing where it's like well you're a little you're not a uh, alty enough for this show oh yeah or, Ooh, you're you're not clubby enough for this get i mean you still gotta people still gotta like you they're not yeah. just gonna you know uh roll out the red carpet because you did conan but it does it does help a little bit what are, do you find that like there are certain people that think you're not enough of something for their show well obviously uh well you see the lineups and you'd be like well i know they know who i am i've seen them watching my set and i guess they're i'm just not their cup of tea yeah do you ever know like you're like oh i know what it is like i know that it's because i'm not loud enough on stage or like running around or whatever uh well i yeah sometimes it's that well you'll see like uh you know some comics who will be like i feel like there's a few different kinds like there's the comics who will be like uh well i don't smack the dick out of your mouth that's a specific yes, kind of sure, comedian and sure. i'm not really that guy i'm nope. like i'm i have to be nice on stage 
And I'm, I don't say that in life either. I, I right, never right. have instigated a conflict in my life. It's a horrible idea. <laughs> so, uh, and, and then there's also the comics who, who go up there and they'll be like, um, so gentrification. And then you're just like, and you're like, you have oh, damn. All right. Uh, sure. just long words. Anybody who says words. Well, you know, I was thinking about when I was driving over here, I was thinking about, uh, like your standup. And I, I think you have one of my favorite styles of standup, which is, I would say smart person talking about dumb things. Yeah. Yeah. And Adam Newman was on the podcast last week and he's also same thing. Mm -hmm. He's a smart person and he talks about real dumb stuff and it's funny. Right. That's what's funny. And like the worst is the opposite. Oh God. Dumb person trying to talk about smart things. Oh, that's the worst thing in the world. People will be like, Trump's a Cheeto dick. And you're like, Oh buddy, this is going to be a long set. Yeah. It's, it's brutal to, to have to uh, withstand that. But it's also interesting because you're, 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 kind of you're calm on stage but you're very happy at the same time so it's like you're kind of like you're very even but you are also somehow bubbly but it doesn't come across through like more energy you know what i mean by that uh yeah well i've i've spent a lot of my life watching people be annoying and there's so many different ways to do it yeah uh tonally um with your you're just like too spastic it's too much mm-hmm. um any comedian that's trying to be jim carrey that isn't i'm just like damn that's uh, that is killing me like makes me want to scratch my eyes out yeah um and then it's there's some people who there's there's just no um th- there's no reason behind the movement they're just kind of running around like a right. chicken with their head cut off mm-hmm. and then you have the people who are just they you can tell they really liked mitch hedberg or stephen wright or, or something like that and then but there's just no like no, no dynamics. Yeah. There's no, you know, you can just kind of look at your phone. Um, and I, I really liked Eddie Murphy a lot when I started. And I really thought I could be like, I'm going to be white Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and that was one of the worst ideas <laughs> yeah. I ever had. Um, well, yeah, you got to get through them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, and there was a time where I was like, I'm going to, I'm the new George Carlin. I'm like millennial Carlin. That's one of the, funni- that was a horrible that's idea. one of the funniest first ideas I've heard a comic have is that I'm going to, I'm going to be white Eddie Murphy. Oh, I had nothing but bad ideas, especially given what your style turned into and how far yeah. from Eddie Murphy it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, even it started and it never really went well then. Right. But there'd be times where I'd kind of luck out and have a decent set. If you're real big like that, you can you can get lucky. Yeah. You can get lucky and, and kind of crush. Yeah, in some short crowds sets. are fools. Right. <laughs> Full it's of true. fools. It's true. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, so I think watching people who are good and then watching just in life, like people where you're like, ah, like anything that makes you recoil. And I, you try to not do that. You try to not have that energy. Yeah, uh, definitely. And you try to not. I mean, sometimes I've performed, especially in Atlanta, in some pretty hostile places. And and there have been times where I was like, I'm about to get in a fight because of the show I just did. Yeah. So to try it, tr- avoiding conflict and uh, and annoying people is pretty. I think pretty good for stand up. I think and, it's good. Also, yeah. I think it's it just it helps you so much when you're likable. And when you're making the effort to like be likable, when you're right. trying to meet the the audience halfway, like you're you're trying to to be there with them, and I think it that enabled enables you to hold their attention and keep them on board through a long set. You have a long, you know, you're you're headlining, you're doing forty five minutes, and you're but you have a very deliberate pacing. 
you have you've kind of slow pacing mm-hmm. and it can be hard to maintain the energy throughout the long set with oh, that yeah. slow pacing and keep them engaged and keep and keep the laughs coming uh but you you were you were able to do it both shows last night um and i think it's because they kind of just you know they like you and so they're they just want to listen to what yeah you're I'd, I'd be kind of screwed if they didn't like me uh yeah and that's what sometimes i hear that like uh sometimes open for mark normand and he'll be like man they like you within the first 10 seconds he's like i really gotta and i was like they like you and he's like no it's not the same they they like you immediately and i don't i mean i i guess uh i don't know what that really is i don't is. think because because i don't think mark gives them a lot right i think that what Mark gives them is he gives them perfect jokes. Yes. And so he writes perfect jokes and then he tells us perfect jokes and they're very funny and everyone laughs at them and they work. It's all worked out. It's all set up perfectly. And then he just goes up there and he starts his jokes and he just goes straight through and they're good enough and he's a good enough performer that they almost always work. But you don't get a whole lot of him. You know, you don't really know much right, about right. him and you don't, you're only connecting with him because it's funny and you're, he's, he's telling yeah. funny jokes. Whereas, you know, other performers are giving a lot more of themselves and you are too. You're talking about personal things. You talk about a lot of personal things mix in with silly things. You're smiling and you're talking about how you're happy. Mm-hmm. And it just, I think when, when you're, it's, it's kind of like, it's refreshing for me to see uh, someone enjoy themselves on stage. <laughs> Because it's yeah. like everyone, you know, takes it so seriously, which I think they should take it seriously. But you take it so seriously and you get so wound up trying to have a great set and trying to do this and that, that it becomes stressful. And every little thing that's not working is bothering you. Right, and it's right. coming across. And so it, it's nice to see kind of, you know, you, you seem freed of that. Well, um, one of the things that mentally helped me uh, to enjoy it is like, um, <laughs> you know, when you meet uh, a significant other's family, sometimes that's very stressful, uh, similar to performing. You know, these parents, you're like, ah, you wait for one of them to curse before you do. Uh, you're like, ah, I don't know. Are there, uh, do, do, can I have a beer while I meet these people? Or are they not okay? Are they even in the fridge? Or if they are there, can I get... You know, it's very str- the meeting the parents is like doing a corporate gig or like uh, yeah yeah you know, uh, but most shows I I and even those can be fun but it, to me those are the modes it's like a show like this this feels like I'm meeting uh, my girlfriend's uh, friends yeah you know and it's like uh, having that in, like you want them to like you you want them to see that you're fun and see what she sees in you. Uh, and it can be a really fun like hopefully these people like hanging out hopefully they like fun yeah. Um, so I try to treat it less like, um, uh, there is still, you still have to win them over. It's not like performing in front of your friends. Right. But, uh, it's not as they want you to succeed. They don't they want came, you, they, they don't want they, her to be dating they, an yeah. asshole. And they came on purpose and they right. want to have a good night. Mm-hmm. And that, so that's, they've filtered out a lot of people that have bad attitudes that right. wouldn't even consider going. Yeah. And, and so that's the kind of the mode that I have most of the time. And then when you see comics who, uh, it's like they uh, flush what they flush the toilet while you're in the shower. Like we're all having a fun night, and then somebody's like, "Oh my God, how could you vote for Jill Stein?" And you're just like, "Oh, okay, now this is getting combative." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like some people on stage, they just have that where you're like, oh, "What are the odds we're gonna solve this?" You know, like yeah, I, I don't mind political jokes, but like just to not have the um, 
that abrasiveness the that, tension that, yeah. that it causes unless it's like some people are like very skillful with it obviously and then they they can use that tension in it and it can be really something and also sometimes they can say great things like you, you know they can make great points um but it's it's hard it's hard to do that right and it just never that kind of stuff really never worked for me it's like i can i you have to build some tension and then release right. it but uh i like to do that by making them wonder if i'm stupid or or wonder like i like watching ron white a lot i feel uh, like yeah. he does a great job of getting a lot of mileage out of very few words mm-hmm. and uh he because he's pretty much just standing there drinking whiskey and yeah. talking and i i love the way he would uh and ray romano too had a had a very like kind of slow deliberate he's not really oh yeah he was like that the, yeah the, and those two i really liked as a kid and uh yeah they're great yeah and i i not that i feel like i resemble them sure. <laughs> no one's ever been like you remind me of ron white <laughs> or never. ray romano right those are never the ones you get it's all they'll always be yeah, like what did uh, they say norm mcdonald uh i've heard mark norman before uh or rory scoville wow that's, yeah i think they just it's the last person they saw with the these are accent, good compliments like, yeah so but uh they'll just be like hey what about you know or just like slightly southern yeah and so most people they they can't even find a they'll just they don't it's not like they know comedy yeah like, uh one time someone told me uh dane cook and i was like that can't it's not you don't even think that yeah dane cook doesn't make any sense to me but i can see bargazzi and rory mm-hmm. the you know simple simple topics and you know southernness to it yeah yeah and, and there's definitely i can't uh i can't not be from the south i mean that's uh and the self self-deprecation about mm-hmm. being you know being dumb you know yeah yeah because i definitely am i'm certainly not very educated and i'm, I'm not well read and yeah. uh and i don't think I, i'm like in my family i'm for sure the dumbest one like all my other siblings skipped grades and like made really like would get like a valedictorian or or star student or they would be yeah. like very smart good brain. did they think you're smart when you were growing up i always felt like the dumbest one in the family but what about compared to the other kids in your class oh yeah i was i was in the smart people classes but i was the yeah. dumbest kid in the smart i was never okay. i never got to be the smartest person <laughs> yeah. dumbest in the family dumbest in the class like uh, all my friends would their grades were always at least 10 points higher yeah yeah uh so i never really got the good feeling of like if I could have just gone down a class, that's funny. Maybe I could have. Then you'd be smart. confident. Yeah. If you were the but smartest no. person in the regular class, then you, right. you would identify with that. Right, and the same with comedy. Anytime uh, with comedy, I'm always the worst. Like usually in LA, it's like these shows are insanely good. Like you look yeah. at the lineup, and um, and then I'm like, well, worst on the shows here. <laughs> yeah, know? we were. I've been talking lately to comics. Has been coming up about, um, you know, deciding when to move and like how. How much how beneficial it is to to stick around and be get to be the funniest versus just going for it um I definitely think there's something to um to getting if you get a lot of stage time where you live especially mm-hmm. long sets I feel like that can really level you up right into that like because there's sometimes like I'll be you know I'll be like man I had a good set and then you watch like uh, Clayton English or Bill Burr, sure. or somebody who just like destroys. Yeah, crushers. Yeah, you know. You ever seen Deb to Giovanni? Yeah, she's like that. It's just that. Inter- it's just like bam, 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 and and like people are like falling out of their chairs. They're getting applause breaks every thirty seconds. I'm like, well, I just um, I don't know. It's, it's not like that for me. Right. Uh, I don't. That's right. Uh, because and th- and that's like part of your style. I yeah. mean, you have that 
style, but it's interesting because it it almost makes it easier for you to headline in a way. Like normally I would think you want that big energy and that potential to have those to have that to to carry you through the that length of time for the headlining set. But it it settles into a calm performance that it it kind of it just it makes sense and it's kind of easy to sit through it's easy to experience whereas i think you know somebody yeah, I'm, I'm like soft rock somebody <laughs> like yeah somebody like uh like sean Patton, you know yeah, right yeah. it's a crazy energy but there there can be 20 minutes of the show where you're just like i don't know what this is like i don't know where this is going mm-hmm. like is he because he's he's got the energy but it's not he's not connected yet and you're like you know you feel like you're on the edge and the, the crowd doesn't know what's going on and then usually he'll be able to bring it back and he'll get those big laughs and it'll be satisfying. But it's not really that experience with you. It's more of like once you're in it, it's like you're, you know what you kind of know what you're getting and then you can just, it's more of like a, a consistent experience, I think than those crazy ups and downs. Yeah. Well, that's um, all the people I idolized were like, you know, like watching uh, as a kid, like, letterman and uh on youtube watching old johnny carson and i, I like the the performers who are not like like sean Patton is one of my favorites of all time sure uh but he's like a hot performer like it's oh yeah i don't know where it's gonna go and uh i like the uh well the only thing that ever really worked for me i've tried to do that right right i've right. tried to be sean Patton. right I've tried to be everybody everybody you know when you're when it's not working and you're a couple years in and you're frustrated it's like Oh, maybe I should riff more. Maybe I should yeah. be like crowd work guy. So I've tried every every. Then you come on, you're Mark Norman. You're just talking about right, talking about all your feelings, not doing any jokes. Yeah. So I, I just you have to find what works. I said Mark like, Norman. I meant Mark Marin. Oh, Mark Marin. Ah, what are you? What are you? Ah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I can't. Uh, this is what uh, I think. It kind of goes first full circle, and you're like, "Oh, this is why I was funny before I started." Right. But you don't. Yeah, really and that's know what they, that. right. That's that's the that's the whole idea is like getting comfortable, so like your regular personality can come out. Yeah, because no one does that when you're in high school. No one's like, you know why you're funny? I figured out the yeah, five yeah, reasons. Yeah. Like you don't know why. So when you when you went to L.A., you got on Conan, and then what, what was like your next thing that happened for you when you're out there? Um, so that happened pretty quick and I was just like, well, I show business is easy. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. Think it, you know, I didn't realize that was a, like l- lottery odds. Right. Um, but, uh, I mean, after that it was, uh, a lot of just working my way up and, uh, you know, doing auditions and pitching things. I got sort of in with comedy central about maybe a year, year and a half in, mm-hmm. uh, where I would pitch them like, uh, web series and and they would always i would pitch them like 20 and they'd be like no and i'd be like ah and i'd pitch them and they would always pick the dumbest one like yeah i would have this something super clever and then the first one they bought was uh it was just the concept was stupid chef and i was like what if i was a stupid chef and they're like hell yeah (laughs) and i was like i worked so hard on these other sketches and uh but you know it's it's true man it's like the the dumb things coming out of a smart person is funny Right, and that's all I that's all I can do. And smart things coming out of a smart person is interesting and good, but it's not always funny and it's usually not as funny. Cuz right. you you just can't be as funny talking about something seriously as you can talking about something that's absurd. Right, and there is a place for that. I like watching uh speeches. Sure, sure. <laughs> but they are there's there's But Comedy Central's trying to get laughs. Right, I'm trying to I'm, Especially wanna... with someone who like there are people who just 
are like intellectuals and they're just not going to they're just not going to do silly things. They're not going to come up with stupid chef. They're never going to send the email with stupid chef. Right. But when they find somebody who w- is willing to send the email with stupid chef, they're like, "Okay, let's Hell yeah. let's do it." Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, it's uh cuz Did you make it? Yeah, that we so uh that was that's probably one of the best uh having those like and then they would pick up usually every few months they I would pitch them another thing and uh they made me do it they let me do a fake special um and i was kidding about this oh yes i saw you post this yeah and i i literally i went in to pitch them ideas and i had all these ideas i was excited about and i was literally kidding i was like hey what if i well my hour special it's uh one joke in 59 minutes of laughter that'd be pretty and they all laughed and they're like yeah we can't do that but that is funny boy that'd be yeah. funny and then uh and they're like sorry we don't think we're gonna uh green light any of those ideas and i was like all right and then a couple weeks later they're like we kept talking about it around the office and we're like why not make a fake special? And I was like, are you serious? And they're like, yeah, I think we can do it. We don't really know what to 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 call it, but we're going to make a fix. Yeah. They're like, that's a silly, stupid idea. And that was maybe there's nothing I've ever been more uh, weirdly proud of. Like the that's fact funny. that I made, I still don't have a real special, but they were like, we'll shoot one. And it was so weird. I get makeup and hair and like wardrobe. And they got the venue, my names and lights, and it's not real. It's me telling one. Oh, joke they actually they filled up a whole venue for it. Well, they did the trick shooting thing where it looks full, but I mean they they had probably fifty extras and okay. made them sit. In but even it, still, know. they got extras to to do it. Yeah. I would think like they would. I mean, my first thought would be like, well, whenever we're recording a bunch of other stuff in a room with people, right? Then that's we'll what I throw thought too. you on. You do a you do the a couple of jokes and then we'll make it out of that. Right. I assumed it'd be a lot of trickery and like, like yeah. during the half hour tapings, they'd let me tell one joke yeah. and then edit it. Exactly. Look, that's what I, I thought they just shoehorned or it. Or a but green they, screen. They could put you a green screen and do it that way. Right. Cause it doesn't have to look good anyway, but they really made it and I could not believe. I wonder was, how much that cost. Who knows? Because because it was, a, you know, there were actors <laughs> yeah. and directors yeah. and, and rental. You got a rental. Yeah, place. it was it was there were special effects That's for hilarious. like all the dumb shit I was so doing you, during the you post on Twitter. You, you say like, hey, guess what, guys? I got an hour. Yeah, yeah. And I saw that and I was like, fuck, I can't believe you got an hour. Right. I was like, that's kind of out of the blue. And uh, yeah. And then it was. So then it was. So then I click on the video, and yeah, you do that first joke. Yep. And then is the a video actually an hour long? No, no, no. There, there's. Uh, it's just a. And so that's also confused people because some people are like, I, I thought it was pretty obvious. Like it's called Caleb's. Who calls their special Caleb's one hour special? Yeah. And uh, it clearly is to me it seems pretty obvious that it's fake. And a lot of people got it, but some people would like message me and be like, "Dude, that's the funniest promo I've ever seen. When's the special coming out?" And I'd be like. That was it. That I'm the, not surprised. It, I'm not surprised. It's a joke. Because I was like, I I thought it was a joke, but I was like, it wa- it wasn't. It took me a second mm-hmm. to get it, and uh, I'm and I think about these things all the time. So oh, yeah. people that don't aren't paying attention to specials and that stuff. Like, I I thought it was surprising out of nowhere for you. For right, you, it doesn't no, make sense. Yeah, no I, one has talked about it. I'd never, I hadn't done a half hour for Comedy Central. Yeah. I hadn't done. Oh, you've not done half hour? No, I have never. Like it, the, just the latter. It was like, how did? Ke- and I'm sure for that, for the few days before, people knew it was fake. Comedians were like, "This is bullshit." Like I, I'm working so yeah, hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They give dumb. Yeah, nuts. How many angry emails they got? 
from comics. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I had I talked to comics afterwards who were like, I immediately called my agent and was like, what the fuck? That's so funny. Come on, I can't even get a half hour? Caleb gets a whole, like, because it was, I hadn't even done stand-up on Comedy Central at that point. Yeah. You know, I was just uh, doing web series and like, uh, and had done Conan. So it was like, it didn't make sense from any standpoint, really. Uh, so I, I'm sure people were pissed, but. Have it you been on Comedy Central now? Yeah, yeah. I was just on the Bill Burr. On the Bill Burr, yeah. How was that? That was great. That's pretty cool to get to. Yeah, he, you could tell he was in, like, it was comedians in charge because they would do every, like, all the things that comedians complain about, you're like, they're like, oh, we got something for that, and we're going to do this, and we're not going to, you know. It was like, I, I think it was their, like, make-a-wish yeah. style thing where they're like, what if we did a TV thing and every we thought about everything? And it was it was incredible. I've never felt more like wow. They really took care of us. Did uh, you get to talk to Burr much? Yeah, yeah, that was that was crazy. Like, He's, how much did you talk to him? Um, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Uh, but he was super nice, and like, I was so worried he was gonna be like immediately in Burr mode, like, ah, what do you got? You yeah, yeah, southern prick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all that stuff. I thought he was gonna roast me up. Right, right, right. Uh, but he was like super nice, which I, I was like, oh, of course, of course you're not. You right. Know, yeah. Right. Of course you you're can't not go mean. through life succeeding with that attitude. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's your onstage thing. Uh, but you, yeah, he was he was great. Do you know how he knew about you? Still don't really know, know how. Okay. That, I just got an email like uh, the way my agents email me. stuff. It just says uh, the city and the date. And uh, that's what it's like. That's the email. It said Los Angeles, something, something. And I was like, oh, and then I click on it. And then I'm like, oh, that pays good. I, I, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> and then I keep scrolling down. and I'm like, oh, this is a TV taping. And I'm because I, usually it's like you send a set to JP that you work on every syllable and yeah. all the jokes and cut this and put that one in. And then uh, what? and then you finally figure out a date. But I never had anything like that where they're just like, you're going to do TV on this day and uh, you're booked. And I'm yeah. like, I didn't even send it. You know, I didn't send a tape. I didn't know anything. So I still don't really get it. But Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was strange. But uh, I wish everything was like that. Did <laughs> he say great. anything? Well, so is the idea of the show is these are these are young comics that are not known yet. But these are the people that, you know, they're they got skills, even mm -hmm. though they're they're not famous yet. What did you guys talk about? Um, well, I think he'd been briefed on me like a, like a politician. Yeah. And he was like, all right, we, I'm next. We got, uh, you're going to meet Caleb. He's, uh, his dad's a preacher. He's from the South. He's stupid. Here you yeah, go. Yeah. Like, so you <laughs> yeah. could tell he would like steer conversation that to that area. That's and, cool. uh, he's like, ah, you don't like to read. And I'm like, wow, you nailed it. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Did they was, do like a pre-interview with you? Yeah, they did a pre-interview with producers. Yeah, and then, uh, you, interview with him. him and, uh, he was super nice. He was like hanging out backstage in the green room, and uh, we talked for a good while there. But it was that was like every right. it was just green room talking. Were there, did everybody nice. film at the same time? It was over two nights. So okay. Was, uh, you do one day you did your interview with him, and then one day you did the show. Nice. But uh, it was great. Do you have stuff that you're looking forward to that's coming up? Um. Yeah. I mean. Uh, it's all like stuff that you hope, but I like, that's the thing about LA and I'm sure other places, but just in my life, it's like, you're always like, Ooh, maybe, maybe this, maybe I'll get this. And it's like, um, I have a bunch of ideas that I think are just as dumb as dumb chef and fake special. Uh -huh. and, uh, hopefully I can get more of those. You spend made. a lot of time working on that stuff. 
Yeah, because I I don't I'm not a talented actor, <laughs> right? So I think the odds of something ha- me just happening to be perfect for a role are yeah. pretty low, unless my friend writes it. So I just spend most of my time trying to pitch things and work like, you know, work my way up. Do you go on auditions? Room. Yeah, yeah, I'm not good. I'm not really good. <laughs> yeah. I think you know I just you know who you are and it's like. Uh, I think I could play someone. Uh, I, if I wrote a show based around me, I could be in it. But yeah. the the odds of me, like sometimes I get an audition, I'm like, I hope I get this, but I'm probably not going to be a cop. Yeah. You know, on, yeah. on CSI Atlanta or whatever. You can be Caleb at Caleb's house, married right. to a person. Yes, I can do that. but uh, And I can play dumb chef. But, yeah, dumb chef. <laughs> uh, I feel like my skills in that area are, are pretty limited, you know. Uh, so I I try to, I'm definitely, I don't think I'm Robin Williams. I think I'm more Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Is there something that like you would love to do? Like if you could do anything? Uh, I mean, my end game, uh, in game, that sounds serious. Serious. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> but I mean, plan. I've always wanted to, um, uh, host a show. I think that's what my skill right? set would be best. What for. type of show? Um, I mean, like a late night show. Yeah, like I like David Spade's show. Yeah, or like I could, I would love to be Ellen. Sure. Or, uh, you know, would you would you want to do that? I really like. What if they were like, we want to have a male Ellen. Oh, I could be male Ellen, and we want to have it follow Ellen during the day or precede or whatever. I would love that. You really? You would love to go into like and then have like housewives in the audience. Absolutely. You come out. That's hilarious. I'm male Ellen. Same set. Is that is that go just along with your stand up philosophy of like I'm just trying to figure out what works I'm willing to I'm willing to do whatever that uh yeah I mean uh I I love stand up a lot and I I don't want to stop doing it ever mm-hmm. um but I would like I don't think there's a better day job than than hosting a a show yeah you know like I would like to to kind of pick and choose like I would like to be a host the way Letterman was and I would mm-hmm. like to keep doing stand up the way Leno did. Mm-hmm. But then I would like to do spe- like Leno had this weird I will never that do. That was a personal show. choice. Yeah, I mean, and uh, certainly now yeah. the way that they do specials now if you're famous, mm-hmm. you can do as many specials as you want. Right. They'll just give you just do the any special you want to do that you can do. People yeah. can't do them fast enough. They're like forcing people to do specials they don't even want to do. Right, right. They're like, I just, I just starred in my own TV show and wrote a book. They're like, you got to do an hour or two. Yeah. And it's like, how am I supposed to get a new hour while, while I wrote a TV show and a book? Right. Then it just becomes a, like, you just have to hire writers, I guess, at that point. Cause there's no way you can right. churn it out. But, and it's just like, they're like, it doesn't matter how good it is. It just has yeah. to be okay. People will watch it and then try to make the next one good. Right. So, but I would like to, I don't know, whatever is a good every two or three years. But if I was hosting a show a day time or not or whatever, and then I get to do stand up and then do specials every few, that would, that's what's better than that. Yeah. It's the greatest thing in the world. It does sound good. I think it would be, I mean, I think it would be fun to like host a late night show. I think it would be fun to yeah. be the host. It's the only way I can, I know to be on TV every day, but it does sound exhausting at the same time. Cause it never ends. Yeah. But I mean, it's not more exhausting than the, delivering sandwiches on a bike maybe i so. just can't imagine that i'm like well I, I i do jokes do a monologue interview like do you feel do you feel stress about how like how your sets go, are gonna go uh sometimes sometimes i i just hope that i can make it uh uh good like sometimes i'm just like if i i need to switch something up or do something new or 
just to keep it because I want it to have that energy that if I'm I need to make sure I enjoy it because yeah. I, I have very little faith they'll enjoy it if I'm going through the motion. Yeah. So uh, especially sometimes you do those uh, clubs where it's you got a six, a six, an eight and a ten. Yeah. And I'm by that third show. It's like, well, I've already gotten what I want out of a night. Sure. I've enjoyed two sets. Yeah, you know, you're confident you're good at stand up. Right. You got you've tried out all the new jokes you wanted. You got to run through your old jokes like you had the rush. You had it twice. Yeah. Sometimes by that third one, you're like and then sometimes you can't remember which jokes you've told. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Doing three headlining sets and trying to keep track. If you don't if you especially people that just go off the top of their head about what jokes coming next. I have no idea how they can do that. Right. But they do it. But yeah. So that's sometimes that could get hard. And uh you know, it, it, it just sometimes with the crowd where you're like, I did a, a, a cancer benefit. Everybody there was 70, 80 years old. It was like a bunch of old donors and suits mm-hmm. and where you're like, I just hope they like any of this, you know, how to go. Uh, or like sometimes you do a, I did a Catholic college and I'm like, boy, a bunch of 18 year old Catholics. I hope this is, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. where you just hope that it's, they can relate to and, and try to make it a fun night for them. Yeah. Uh, but most of the time I'm, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Because I, the idea of I, what seems exhausting to me about having, having to do a show like that every night is like, I would put so much pressure on myself for it to be exactly the way I want it. And for it to always be getting better and for it to be better than the other late night shows. And I w- that would, that just the, the pressure of that would exhaust me. Whereas if I was, delivering sandwiches even if i had to run around Mm -hmm. all over the place i wouldn't there would be no stakes to it and so i would just be loose and just delivering them and i i think it would take a lot less out of me even though it's maybe more activity right um i think now though it's it's not as um like time slots don't really seem to matter that much anymore and uh there's so many shows it's like well i just wonder like if it's just the attitude going into it of like i want it to be perfect versus maybe a better attitude of like i'm just going to try to have fun because i think that's the best way for me to succeed right right well yeah i mean if it's not fun then it's it's gonna be hard for me whenever you see those comics where you're like oh you don't even enjoy this like at all you just have it's been so long you don't know there's so many comics like that it's very common it's yeah. almost like more. Com- it's much more common than a happy comic for sure. Right, right. Yeah, that there's is- not that many, um, and I can tell some people don't like that either. <laughs> yeah. So, are you getting a lot of road work? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of every year it gets a little more, and uh, I think in March I'm doing every weekend. Uh, so, wow. Yeah. Sometimes it's a lot, and then sometimes you go. I don't know, but uh, this year it's probably going to be the most. How do you think you were able to start getting that? those those dates without a lot of tv credits um well at first i think it was uh i would open for a bunch of different people okay uh, not that many but i mean like i about what two years in uh, dave stone took me on like a yeah. bunch of different tours and uh mark norman lets me open for him in clubs sometimes and uh that's been happening for a while and then i think it just kind of builds up and well, 2015 16 17 was when uh, I was getting pretty often my agents would use me as the fallback plan. So like uh, uh, Cameron Esposito cancels. Yeah. She just got a, 
uh, role or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever the thing is. And then uh, they need a headliner that weekend. Yeah. And they're like, guess who's available? And uh, and they're like, hey, he costs nothing. He'll be yes. there. He'll be happy to be there. Yeah. And they're like, great. Who cares? And they're like, he'll be fine. And uh, those usually go pretty well. Uh, and I uh, usually I love I'm like, yeah, I would love to fly to that city and have fun. There's a there are, you know, there's a group of comics that I've met over the years that are like that, that are early in their careers and they, they just haven't been on TV a lot. They're not famous. Mm -hmm. They don't have a big following. They can't sell a whole weekend of tickets for a club typically. Right. But there's a group of people who are very funny and good and they're able to headline. And so they're perfect for that role. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it really benefits you if you can have a good hour if you can get be on stage for 45 minutes an hour and get through it and everyone's happy each time the crowd's happy when they leave you you succeeded you filled the weekend right. the people came they were happy they drank they bought food they left they did it again and that's a valuable thing because there's a lot of comics who have a couple of late night credits but they really can't carry a whole hour a whole headlining set mm -hmm. And a lot of it is their attitude toward it. Their jokes may be just as good. The jokes may be better, but the approach is incorrect. And it's leading them to have these kind of uncomfortable sets where some people like it, some people really don't like it. Right. And then, you know, leaves the club thinking like, okay, I don't really want that to happen again here. Right, right. But if you come and you can perform well, like Grant Gordon was a person like that a long mm -hmm. time ago who had never been on TV, who was just good. Right. And just really likable and really funny. And it's like, all right, you're going to headline, even though you're not a, like a headliner yet. Right. And there, so it's a valuable thing. And I think having that good attitude and going down that path, it leads you to some amount of success on the, to get you through till you become that, that draw. Right. And it, it, it kind of there's several different benefits. It's like it's nice to get that work and then it kind of builds up over a few years and then clubs are like, hey, you're fun. I mean, we'll have you. And then they're usually they're very honest. They're like, you sell zero tickets, right. but uh, we'll have you for Labor Day. We'll have you for Thanksgiving. Right. I'm like, sweet. Because you need it. Right. And I'm like, I'm down. And so then clubs and then they're like, oh, we'll, we'll have you whenever we have a dropout. And some clubs I do them like. One club, I think one year I did a club three times. Just they kept having me when someone would cancel. I've had to do that with people before, too. I've yeah. had to do the exact same thing. So and then eventually they're like, well, I guess it, someone doesn't need to cancel. Uh, but it, it just builds up. And uh, it's I great do that now. with uh, Rhino Flanagan. Yeah, he's always good. He's so funny and has no bookings. And it's just like, I know I can call him up. Yeah. And he'll be available. And then he'll come here and he'll crush. And yeah, everyone will love it. He's so funny. And it's man. like this dude... He, he could be in clubs every weekend. Everybody would be happy if they had him. Right. But he's just not, they just don't, no one knows of him to even do it. Right, right. But I think like the people that are like that, that are, that are, can have really strong headlining sets early on. I think, I mean, they're only going to get better. It's only going to have more material. It's only going to get more complicated and, you know, complex, the performance. Yeah. yeah and and uh, the amount of work you can get done, like just last night, two shows, I was like, well, there's, four or five new bits I, I want to work on. Mm -hmm. And when you got an hour, you don't have to like rush. You're like, 
oh, this bit's about this, and it's kind of similar to that. I'll just do, I'll try that out after this one and in between the other good one. And if it sucks, yeah. then whatever. And you have plenty of time to recover. It fits right. in. It's, it's not noticeable. Like in a 10 minute set, when you start right. having jokes not hit, it's a problem. Yes. So um, I really appreciate all the headlining stuff just for the amount of work I can get done with the stand up, the yeah. amount of material I can work on, how you can keep old stuff for, and like expand it. Um, so that really helps with TV appearances. It's like, uh, you know, when you're like, Oh, I got a new thing. I got to have a killer five. Right. It's, I'm a lot more likely to have it if I'm doing longer. Yeah. Uh, working on a bunch of different stuff. And Uh, you're more likely to get it if you're continually having new stuff to cement. Right. So, uh, it just, it all kind of helps, but, uh, I got pretty lucky. I mean, I'm (laughs) filled with it. Um, life is pretty cool. Well, congrats on everything, man, and especially uh, the Burr show. Yeah, that was crazy. It's very cool. I'm sure people can find that online. Uh, it's called The Ringer, I believe. Yeah, The Ringers. So, uh, yeah, it's on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. They post the hell out of it. I, that's I, awesome. That's great for you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, no one's ever. Like, <laughs> that, that's like a whole nother TV appearance. Yeah. They just really put it out there. Well, thanks for being here, man. Hey, best night of my life. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com.